of Yahweh the opportunity again to be in your treasury, to draw and share. For they that have an ear to let them hear, and those that believe to hear, listen, the knowledge and wisdom that is yours that you share, the truth that I share from your word. This is not about me. This is about you, Father God, Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. We have been promised so many things from you and your word, Father God. I want to share this. Thank you for the opportunity. Abba Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Parakritos Aman. So I hope the background noise isn't too disturbing. <laughs> Pardon me. I have, uh, there's some tree guys here and there. Unfortunately, this large, beautiful tree was diseased and starting to fail. So rather than property damage and people getting hurt. So anyway, we have some background noise there. But of course, my hacking and wheezing and the enemy trying to do his best to disrupt my sharing. Bear with me, please. <coughs> Pardon me. So, the Holy Spirit's been stirring some things up in me, and it's um, to make it's a it's a practical practice that I must adhere to, that we all must adhere to. If we are true Christians, and not just the verbal lip service Christians. Because there are many of those out there. Let's, let's just face it, be truthful, be realistic. That there are many. The Bible tells me that there will be many that come that way. They come professing the Lord. They come doing this for the Lord and that for the Lord. This and that and thus and thus and let's go here and we're going to do this. But yet, much of it is empty. What it is, is... Performance. Oh, look what they're doing. Look what she did. Look what he did. Look what they did. It's all about performance. It's all about people taking notice. Um, you know, now granted, <coughs> there are some activities that are done that are beneficial. But really what's going on in the heart, because I'll tell you, <laughs> some observances that I've made. Wow. I I have to be honest that I go back and I think, would it be better that they even did anything? So much garbage and trash and refuse and, and nobody comes from that same organization to pick up, clean up, or do anything at all. They just... Make delivery and it's all about showboat this and showboat that and then heaps and heaps and piles and piles of trash. So I question things like that. But the Bible says that it will happen. That there will be many that will come <coughs> claiming to do in the name of the Lord. Oh, look what we did in the Lord's name. Look what we said in the Lord's name. But if you were doing the Lord's work, then it would be the Lord's words. 
and his truth. And it wouldn't be, look, look what we did, look what I did. When I try to bless someone, <coughs> I remind them that it's not for me because they try to thank me. I tell them, firstly, you're welcome, but I am blessed to do this because God gave it to me anyway. So the gift is coming from God for you. The things that he blesses me with, I prayed the prayer of Chavez, and he's honored that in my life. And I really strive hard to remember to tell people that sometimes in a hurry, I say, oh, you're welcome, you know, and I go, and I stop and I turn and I remind him, I said, you know, that's from God. God bless me to bless you. And go, I honestly, I get in a hurry and sometimes I go and I miss that. And then it nags at me. <coughs> Pardon me. But it's important that all of our activity, if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be doing it anyway because of his grace and his mercy. Quite honestly, if we got what we deserved or what we claim that we get this because we are, oh, he created us and we're his children and we have the right for this and right for that. Oh, excuse me, let me correct you in this. First of all, you're not all children until you're adopted in and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that you say that God is your sovereign Lord, God, Father, maker of all things made and you have faith in him and you make him the center of your life. I read the adoption letter, Romans 8. Read John three sixteen. Read it in contextual entirety. Don't just read that and then take that pervert's word for it that we've been teaching it wrong. There are many out there that come claiming to be doing things in the name of the Lord, but they are perverting the word. They're twisting and maligning the actions. And whenever you hear them speak, oh, look what we did. Look what I did. Look what we're doing in the name of the Lord. If it was in his name and it was for his sake and to bless others because of him, you wouldn't be saying, look what we did, look what I did. Look what our church is doing. Look what our group did. It's not about that. Immediately when you start speaking like that, you are speaking out wisely to those that have an ear for it. They know where it's coming from. Phariseeism. I love that word. <laughs> I really do. But you notice how they how they acted. The same thing. Oh, look what we're about. Look what we're doing. Look what I'm doing. And they make a big production about going out on the street corner and standing and screaming loudly out loud about their their prayers and they're doing so out in public. They're not teaching, they're not doing they're they're making their prayers public and known so people can see, oh, look how holy they are. That's not about being, that's not being about God's business. That's being about our business, my business, our church's business. Look what we're doing in the name of the Lord. It's all about, look at me, look at us, look at I, look at me. And the center of that is self, not God, not Christ, not the Holy Spirit, 
they get invited along or maybe you mention them. They're, uh, what do they call that in the, in the credit? Oh, honorable mention. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit get an honorable mention for what your group, you or your church is doing. Pretty harsh? Uh, you betcha. But it's also very truthful. The Bible talks about it. Jesus told his disciples about it, that there will be many that come. Ah, Holy Spirit, thank you. Here we come in Mark chapter 12. And it talked about, and Jesus was talking about him. And he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribe, which love to go in long clothing, and love salutations in the marketplaces. He talks about that because the marketplaces are very common. It was an open square. <clears throat> I've shared some of this with you that in some cities, between the defensive bulwark and the and the outer wall, there was a space called they called the gap, and there were special soldiers that worked in there when things happened bad, and everybody was pulled inside the city into the main defensive wall. The there were special soldiers that were left in the gap because they were the they were the ones that were going to fight to the end, utter end to keep those that were attacking the city from the inner gate. But that was also a common place for trade, marketing, selling, buying, sharing, and the marketplace was open. And just like Jesus was talking about, they love to go in their long clothing and their robes and everybody to look at them to know who they are and the salutations in the marketplace. And they do their bobbing and weaving and out loud praying so everyone can see and hear them. They were very boisterous about it. They weren't teaching. It was just all their, their, their prayers to draw attention to themselves. And they loved the chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost rooms at the feasts. Whenever anything was going on, any to-do, any hubbub, they made sure that they were present and they had the best of everything. They were in the forefront. People paid attention to them. <clears throat> he also said that they come and devour the widow's houses for a pretense, make long prayers, and these shall receive greater damnation. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. There came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites, which makes barely a farthing. And he called unto his disciples and said, Saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than all which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. 
And there were those who didn't understand that parable because it was a parable indeed. It was something that happened that he observed, but he turned it into a parabolic speech and a lesson. How is it greater? She had least, she had little. How is it was greater? Well, it was greater because she gave all that she had. <coughs> they gave out of the abundance they already had and they just made it for that show. They made a big production of it. It's like many of those that claim to be doing all this for the church and the church's sake and for the poor. and But they do it for a show out. They do it for being seen and heard. And they're, what, what are they really giving? Yeah, they might be feeding. It might be clothing. But really, how great is that? Because what's in the heart is not from God. It's a show. I'm not saying that all are doing that. Don't misunderstand and don't twist my words into something that I'm not saying. If I meant to say it a certain way, I would have said it that way. There are, not, there are groups that go out and do these things because it is heartfelt. And they try and they, they do what they possibly can. And it's a very difficult situation because, quite honestly, for many years, this government has been driving, yes, driving individuals into a homeless state where they get so distraught they have no idea what to do, where to go, and there's no real help. The very government that promises to help has deserted them. Just what Jesus was talking about in here. They take the homes. They take from them. They cry that they're doing this and that for them. But the reality is that they're not. But here's the thing that we have to do is, as true Christian believers in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, faith and Father, Sovereign Lord God, and having the Holy Spirit to guide us. What we must do is remember that the Lord is always with us and he has to be centered in everything that we do. We can't be forgetful of this. We have to keep this in mind. The Lord is with us at all the times, all times, through everything he's there. And his many of those that claim the title of Christian, and there are many that do just, it's only by that title only, as if it gives some sort of uh, import. That's uh, uh, what was the term they use? Oh, name dropping. You know, people drop certain names if they went into. Oh, you know what? Really? Well, people think that that's what it is when you claim to be Christian. Oh, you're a Christian? Yes, I am. I am a Christian. Oh, wow. Then you must be able to walk on water. Uh, uh, uh. It's only about show and appearance. And nothing about the reality of the centered life in Jesus Christ. 
faith in God and the truth in the Spirit from the teaching of the Holy Spirit that takes you into the Word. But there are many, as I said, they just claim that title. The import is not naming the name, but walking the walk. Show the reality. Show the truth. Show the light. Share the truth, but show the walk. Walking in faith. Walking in sunshine, S-O-N, shine. Because that's what's supposed to be in us and we're supposed to reflect that light and show it out. Remember, I've shared this with you before, that reflected light, for whatever reason in the law of physics, that reflected light is much brighter. Those beacons that they used to light in the lighthouses and you have the one... uh, I want to say Phoenicia, but it was it was actually one of the eight wonders of the world. It was the t- biggest lighthouse, the largest structure, and they built this thing. Do you was that burning? A, was that casting electric light? No, that was an oil lamp, but it could be seen for miles out into the dark night over the ocean because of the reflected light, the polished, highly polished reflective backing behind the flame. When they lit that at night, (coughs) it could be seen for miles and it guided the sailors to a safe haven. They knew that their safe haven was there. They knew which side of the light they needed to be on in order to get into the harbor. Reflected light, the light of the Lord that's in us to reflect outward into this dark place. If you can imagine that this world is at dark sea and the Bible tells us constantly about the darkness that's in this world. And it's true. There's some beautiful things out here. You can see the majesty and the wonder and the Lord and the beautiful animals and the plants and the fish and all these things. Beautiful. Yes. And one of my brothers posts some beautiful photographs. And all but that's not all it's about, brothers and sisters. That's wonderful. That's beautiful to share these things. But the truth and reality is that we need to stay in the word of God, appreciate those beautiful things that God has created and put around us, and share those things. But we also have to speak in truth. Because if you constantly, this is what's being called being led down the primrose path. You allow people to believe that's all, all there is. And there are individuals that that's all they want to talk about. They don't want to talk about truth. They don't want to talk about the reality of life. They don't want to talk about any of those things that are coming. They don't want to even hear about those that are being martyred. Right now, as I speak to you right now, there are literally thousands of people that are dying because they will not renounce their belief in Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God and their faith in God. They are dying. That's real, brothers and sisters. That's truth. And why? Because they keep the Lord centered. And they believe that he is with them always as the word of God promised that he is. And he will be. And though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they fear no evil because the promise of the Lord that is with us. 
and is with them. And remember the valleys, geographic, geological formation, open on both ends. You might enter, but you also can exit. And the Lord meets, greets, carries, and then you go home. If that's what the end meet is by those that are so adamantly against God. It's nice to share all the pretty stuff, but the reality is that there are not nice things that are going on in this world. And they're not nice things because people are claiming to be that thing, that Christian. But the difference being is that they believe, they have faith, and that title is theirs not simply by claim, but because they are. There's a vast difference. Understand that the word Christian of Christ or from Christ, not just a label that you tack on a piece of tape and you put it on your forehead so people can look at you. If you're going to be that, then you must act it. Share it. There are many that claim that title of being a Christian, that they accept the teaching that the Lord is with us always. But the reality of it is their life, they ignore it. Just as the reality is that they ignore many things. They go to church once a week on Sunday. They don't share the gospel. They don't share the word. And then maybe once a month, they get together with this big old group and they go get out there and they're, uh, <laughs> quite honestly, I've seen this and it's pretty, they show up in the ritziest cars big old escalades and all this stuff here. And I mean, are you kidding me? Big old giant SUVs packed up with all, and then they just come out and they dump boxes of, of clothing and all this, stuff, and they just dump it. Or they'll come and, and I'm telling you, it's, it's kind of disheartening. Really. I mean, I appreciate the fact of what they're trying to do, but then nothing gets cleaned up. They, where they left, it, Piles of garbage and trash and stuff is blowing and strewn everywhere. Come and dump it and then they drive away. Oh, look at us. Look what we did. Look at the car that I'm driving in to come and do this. Hmm. I'm sorry, but that leaves more of a ponderance. But they don't believe that the Lord is with us in daily activity. They believe that teaching, maybe they heard it at church that one once a month that they go or whatever, or maybe um, the pastor shares <coughs> weekly, he says, remember that the Lord is with us always and reminds them of Joshua 1.9 and he reminds them of Isaiah 40. But there are some that are not taught properly. <coughs> Pardon me. That they're not being taught properly. Or that perhaps they've been wounded. That... 
as they walk there, they're more afraid that God is eavesdropping and that the Lord is with us and, and aware of everything that goes, goes on. They, they're fearful. You have to have an auspicious fear of God. True. He is a sovereign Lord God Almighty, the maker of all things made. He is our sovereign Lord, and he is omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, always with us, and omnipotent, all-powerful. Those are all true. But don't be afraid because he's got that and cower down in fear every time you move around. You're looking over your shoulder, looking up and... and Brothers and sisters, and those that are listening that have not yet decided, <coughs> be aware that, yes, God is sovereign, but it doesn't mean that you have to be fearful of that. I... I go through some things, <coughs> pardon me, and I know that God is aware of them. I know that he knows, but I like to also declare to him. God likes us to do that. As a true believer and a true Christian, that you should be aware that he is those things I shared with you, all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful. But yet he likes us to talk to him about things. If we have a failing, does not make you a failure. It just means that in that situation, you failed at something and you simply ask forgiveness. God will grab you, give you a big old hug, put you out at arm's length, look at you, give you a smile and say, I do. And just keep on going. That's because God is love. He is our loving, good, good father. But don't get resentful of the fact that he's aware of everything that you do and think that he's spying on you. He's watching over you. He wants to make sure that you're not stepping into something that maybe you shouldn't step in. But there are many Christians that go about their lives as if that's what God is doing, as if it's a bother to have God around. So they go out on their own. This is where I shared with you that they get into that problem. Pre-planning. God gave us the ability to do that. But many get involved in so many different activities. They get so many things on their calendar and their agenda. You can't, honestly, you can't rely on them to do anything. Except for those things that they choose are the most important, that get them the most attention, that draw the most notice. And the other things will fall short or they just don't do them or they ignore them at all. But then they want to put the big invite to everybody to come out and show up at their hoedown showdown and do their dig so that their the attention can be on them more. Brothers and sisters, where is the import? Is the important in the word of God and the truth? You have to be aware that God's promises and his faithfulness is so awesome. I've shared with you the vision that God gave me of his treasury. And I love this. 
Oh my God. And the word tells us that the Lord wants to open the windows of heaven and pour out these blessings. <clears throat> and they don't run out. That's the, that's the beauty of this. They don't run out. <clears throat> I've shared with you that vision that he, he gave me was, ah, oh, just sweeping my arm through the shelf and sweeping off and filling the baskets of his treasure to share. And then... As I look back, it's just bubbling up like an artesian well, just bubbling up and the, and the shelves are filled, overflowing and spilling out of the minerals and gems yet again. And you can't see the back wall, either wall on either side, and you can't see the ceiling. It's too high, too big and filled, filled. This is the way God is. This is what God, how God operates. We don't get it because you don't ask and you don't seek it. The Bible tells us to do those things. All you have to do is talk to God. All you have to do is listen to God. Open your spiritual hearing. Turn the spiritual hearing aids up so that you can hear him say, God will speak to you. God does speak to you. <coughs> he does speak both audibly. Sometimes he'll show you something. It'd be going down the road and you look up and there's a billboard. Of course, you don't see many of those anymore. But you see this thing go by and it could be just a flash, just an instant. You go, whoa. And you almost have that inkling that you'd like to get off the next exit, turn around and go back just so you can go buy it again. But the message has already been put in there. It's already in plan. You go, man, I heard that. Thank you, Father, or thank you, Holy Spirit, or whichever way you want to do it. Doesn't matter because it's him anyway. He delivers messages in so many fronts. You'll open a page, you'll open an article. I mean, I'm just going through here and, and the Spirit took me right there to Mark, which was describing exactly what I was thinking and what he stirred up. <clears throat> but this is how God operates. These are the mysteries of the Lord. Go by walking the appliance store. I don't even think they have those anymore, but you'd be in some electronics doodad place and, and they have some program that's on one of the televisions or you hear it on the stereo and there's a message being broadcast to you and you hear it. It's like, wow. And you look at it. Did you just hear that? No, I'm sorry. What, what are you talking about? And then you go back and you look or sometimes you'll go by and it'll be on one of those TVs. And it's a message being delivered. God's mysterious and he works in many mysterious ways. It's very profound. <coughs> Pardon me. But when you have faith in that, and you know that he's there, that these, the blessings that are just poured out on you from God, And that we have to remember that his continual presence is omnipresence is what we need to be focused on. 
that he's always with us. He has promised to be with us. I've shared with you a number of times. God promises never to leave nor forsake. And there's a difference between leaving and forsaking. But he promises that he won't do either one. You have to understand that. that <laughs> mm, what's the best uh, description? So, okay. Say you go out with someone. Um... So, you're out with somebody. I think this would be a um, <laughs> good description for these two adverbs. I believe that's what they are. So, you go out to a party, to a function, and you go with somebody. And then you're looking around, and that somebody is not with you or around you anymore, and you can... You know, now you're really, wow, I feel kind of odd because we came together and I don't know any of these people. And you're trying to look and you can barely catch a glimpse of this person on the other side of this huge meeting room or whatever. And, and they're over involved with people that they know. It's kind of peculiar. You feel odd. That's leaving. They just left. They're still there, but they walked off and left you on your own. You have no idea what or who to converse with or what to talk about. And then there's forsaking. When the person takes you in the midst of a melee, a tumultuous situation, some something great upheaval, and uh, you know maybe it's something you both work in the same place, and come on, we need to go take care of this. And then you look around and you're sleeves rolled up to the past the elbows and you're into it and then you look around and the person has left you not anywhere to be found not anywhere around you took you right in the middle of it got you stuck in the middle you can't back out because there's too much going on too much going on too much activity around you and they left you nowhere to be found and then maybe hours later they show up like, well, how'd it go? And you just, you, honestly, the way, and I've been in that a few times, and quite honestly, back, this is before my wife, I felt like slapping them. <laughs> quite honestly, took you right and put you, dropped you in the middle of one of the worst situations you can imagine, and then just walked away and left you there by yourself. And then afterwards, as if no big deal, nothing was going on, as if they were there the whole time, but not anywhere around. And yet we're eager to, t eager to take credit for being a part and parcel of it, but not. Okay. God is not going to do either one. He's not going to leave you and walk you away in either situation. Whether it's just uh, something you're a little unsure of or if it's a tumultuous situation, he's not going to put you in the middle of it and then walk away. <clears throat> the only time that God will seem like he's not there is when you have looked away and you have decided to shut down either your spiritual hearing because you're not hearing him or you're resentful of the fact that he's omnipresent. And some people get that way. They actually resent the fact that God is omnipresent. They actually get resentful. 
They're fearful of it. They resent the fact that God is always involved. Excuse me? <laughs> I'm sorry. But this is Abba Yahweh that we're talking about. Our Father, God, creator of all things made, everything made, the one that sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who was born of Virgin Mary and Joseph the carpenter. And he came and he lived as a human being. He stepped off his throne in heaven and came that everyone would have an opportunity and have the choice to accept that he is the son of God, have faith in God, and walk with the Holy Spirit in their lives. <coughs> Pardon me. So, how is there something to be resentful about? Seriously? But this is how people act. This is how people act without God-centered in their lives, without Jesus Christ in their heart and the Holy Spirit guiding their lives. They get that way. You see how they act with one another. Oh, they want to be a part of this group, but then they have an agitation because another person is getting more attention than they are. And I'm actually, I'm actually dealing with a little situation. No, let me rephrase that. The Holy Spirit is dealing with this situation in my heart because I was actually going through this a little bit. I was, um, I was rehearsing over and over and over again in my mind, and then I was nursing it, cursing it. So I've shared that with you before too. Remember, don't curse the situation and don't nurse it by repeating it over and over again and sort of feeding that and then rehearsing it with what you would have done different if it had happened or the next time you're going to do it this way or that way. You can't do any of those. You have to reverse it. Reverse that in prayer. So I gave it over to the Holy Spirit and the Lord and reminded too, <laughs> incidentally, because I had getting involved into this was a um, forgetting that I had put it in the Lord's hand. And then the Holy Spirit, of course, reminded me of that. And I, forgive me, Father, this is your doing and this is how it is. So similar situation to what I just got done sharing and that... Um, I have to let that all go. You have to release it. You have to let it go because it's in God's hands anyway. And the fact is that I have to keep in mind, we all must keep in mind that we we do these things that we do, our job work, whatever it is, as if we're doing it unto the Lord anyway. We must do it that way. Quite honestly, because if it wasn't for his grace and mercy, we wouldn't be there anyhow. And that's how we must behave all the time. God-centered. God is there. He is omnipresent in our life. Don't get agitated and resentful of it. Be appreciative of the fact that he is there with us all the time. And it's more fulfilling knowing that he is with us. For me... And it should be for you as well. And I pray that if there's something that's keeping you from that, that you get into the word, you seek the truth, you seek the knowledge and wisdom of the Lord God Almighty and his word. And how much more meaningful 
everything becomes knowing that he is with me always, all the time. <clears throat> little thing happened last night and it was so awesome and beautiful and, and quite honestly, I wasn't quite understanding what the person was talking about, but then the Holy Spirit gave me clarity and I shared with the guy and blessed him, but man, the blessing that came back and it was something very trivial to many, but not to him. It was important to him. It was late in the evening and the temperatures were dropping and he was cold. And I was able to share just a little with him to get him what he needed. He needed, not what he was wanting, but what he was needing. And was able to send him that direction. The Holy Spirit brought him to me. I mean, this guy came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And it was so fulfilling and, and I felt a fullness. I could feel the almost kind of giddy. <coughs> but this is having the Holy Spirit walking with me all the time and asking him to be and guide my steps and to do. I'm not perfect. Far from perfect, but here's the thing too. In this plane of existence, there is not one, no, not one who is perfect until he who is perfect has come. And that is the return of the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Son of Man, the return of my Lord Jesus Christ, anointed of God, the only begotten Son. When he comes back and the heavens are rent and the trumpet is sounded and he comes back and all heads shall bow and knees bow and tongues confess. Oh, they were right. We should have listened. But guess what? Then it's going to be too late. You had the opportunity. You were given the opportunity by those that share the gospel and put the gospel out there. Please take the opportunity. Please. Because when that happens, it will be too late and then you'll be kneeling down and I can just almost see it now. They're going to be elbowing each other as they're kneeling down shoulder to shoulder and saying, why didn't we listen? We should have listened. Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say something? Well, you're saying it now. Yes, you are the Lord of all things. You are the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You are the Son of God. You are the King of Kings but then it's going to be too late. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> Jesus tells us and forewarns us of many things that are going on and going to take place. So this isn't all, and, and this is in direct response to those that claim doom and gloom and all that. Pshaw. Okay, how is it doom and gloom that the only begotten son of God talks about the things that are going to transpire and take place before he comes back? How do you declare that as being doom and gloom? It's being truthful. It's being honest. And the fact that he's coming back as he promised to do to take us into eternity 
and that we will live with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Lord God Almighty, and our loved ones that went before us, that we're going to be able to do that. How is that doom and gloom? Doom and gloom because your focus is on what's here physically now and what this place is. And I have heard people that claim that title of Christianity talk about, well, this is my home. No, let me share this with you, brothers and sisters. This is not our home. This is our residence, our temporary residence. And Billy Graham said, I love this quotation. My home is in heaven. I'm just traveling through this world. And that should be what we all think about. (laughs) So what we have to remember is to look inward, but give outward. And be responsible for the energy that we bring to the space. Are you reflecting Jesus in your heart with you always? Are you being knowledgeable and aware? Are you sharing that? What is the nature that beats within your chest? The one of love or the one that you detest? And which of the dogs are you nurturing and feeding? That dark, black creature that is more ravenous, wolf-like, that is mean and nasty and barking and snapping and biting at everyone around? Or that beautiful, cloudy, white dog that is loving and and friendly and, and just wants to be around and and be nice to people. So which one are you feeding the best? Remember, I've shared both of those analogies with you. So here's what Jesus Christ said. And this is also, I shared with you that in this... uh, (laughs) Matthew is very descriptive here, and this is when uh, when Jesus came and was talking to the disciples before he left and glorified. And Jesus had taken them up And this is in Matthew 28, starting in verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The Lord promises that he is going to be with us, and he is with us. Why would he say something like that if it wasn't important and if it wasn't true? Brothers and sisters, the truth is in the word. Believe in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Have faith in God. And the Holy Spirit to guide you through the teaching. Seek 
the truth. Seek the knowledge, seek the wisdom of the Lord God in the word. <coughs> and David writes in Psalm 139, I, this is a good one, this was in my, um, in my reading, and definitely worth sharing And 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. There is not any place that we go. God is aware of our movements. <coughs> Pardon me. Our rising. Our movements through the streets and when we lie down. The first thing that we need to, to do is... Greet the Father who created us and all things. Give the day to him. And at night in the end, brothers and sisters and everyone out there, not just my brothers and sisters, there's a, there's a difference. But remember this, that I pray for you on my going out, my coming in, when I get up, when I go to bed. It's important that we pray one for another. Paul talks about uh, praying for those that are in authority and those that are in positions of authority, that they need our prayers. And many of them are really involved in some pretty egregious activities, things that are going on. But they can repent, they can change, they can say, oh man, I've been so wrong. I need to take care of these people. I need to do the right thing. It can be done, brothers and sisters, it can be done. You have a blessed day. Have a great day. Be mindful that the Lord is with you.